Hi everyone and welcome back to Two Feet Apart with me, your host, PG Patra. This was such a fun episode to record and I got to ask so many questions that I've kind of kept inside for the longest time and I feel like Emma and I definitely could have gone on forever. So I hope you guys enjoy it as much as I did and yeah, let's go. So I'd love to welcome my friend Emma. Hi, Emma. Hi, Patra. Can you tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Sure. I'm a small bone. I'm a seer and an empath, and I connect people to the collective consciousness, their higher self, and spirit to bring through messages for the highest and greatest purpose. Amazing. So what would your definition of empath be? So an empath is somebody that feels things incredibly deeply. So we have empathy for people. So you can be empathetic towards somebody, but an empath actually absorbs those emotions. They become ours. So if I'm sitting with somebody and they're in a a horrible mood and I haven't really done any energetic work to like build up a barrier between me and them, I immediately will be in a bad mood. Ah. Yeah. And it can be really tiring because it drains us when that happens. So it's so much fun. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like it. At least the plus side, you know, if people are energetic and happy, does that have the same effect? Does that kind of boost you up? Exactly. It does. And it was so interesting because when I was a kid, everybody thought I was hyper and had ADHD, but it was just because I was a around a bunch of kids that had tons of energy. And I just absorbed that and went over the top. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Right. So how much of the population do you think uh, share these traits with you? Um, Why, you know, it's really interesting because people ask me this all the time and I can't say that I go around going, oh, you're an empath. Oh, you're an empath. But I would say that it's probably... 65, 70% of, yeah. And we don't always realize that we're empathic. I think lately it's become more popular. People are starting to realize what being an empath is, Mm -hmm. um, especially with the idea of wanting to be more empathetic towards people and having emotional intelligence. I think we're looking into that more often. Um, But I just find it fascinating to see how people react around other people's energy. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so I find on Instagram, especially right now, there's a ton going around about highly sensitive people. What's the line there? Uh, So highly sensitive people and empaths are pretty much the same thing. I think you know, we like to come up with terms that are less wooey because mm-hmm. some people call me the mistress of woo. <laughs> I love it. And, <laughs> right. And I, I think people are really trying to make sense of something that is unexplainable. So to be able to say that you're a highly sensitive person is more neutral than saying I'm an empath. That's very true. Yeah. Yeah. And so can you tell us a little bit about the work that you do as a seer and how you kind of came into that role and were able to identify it and put a name to it? Sure. Well, it's pretty much been a lifelong journey. When I was about three, I started seeing spirit. So I was 
I was born in England and while I was there, I had a crazy high fever. And I honestly think that that's what brought this on because ever since then I have had visions. I have seen spirit. I have connected with spirit. I didn't always communicate with spirit. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I wasn't quite sure what it was because even now it's starting to become trendier that this is a, a, a normal thing. Um, to connect with spirit. But when I was kind of getting into this, you whispered about it. You didn't tell anybody. Mm -hmm. And for me, that really turned into depression, anxiety, because if you've ever met an empath or if you are an empath yourself, you know how much that energy builds up in you and it can become really overwhelming. And if you're not releasing that energy on a regular basis, it can be really, really heavy. Um, So for me, it manifested as depression and anxiety. I was absorbing my parents' overwhelm from moving from England to Canada with two small children and, you know, the grief of, of not being at home anymore. And I just thought it kind of made me feel better to take that away from them and to, I didn't realize at the time that I was putting it on myself. When I was probably eight or nine, I started to realize that there was a a difference between people seeing spirit and people not seeing spirits. I was um, playing hide and seek at my uncle's um, house in England. And I never win at hide and seek, like never, (laughs) because I'm so hyper and I'm so anxious and I'm like trying to peek out the door to see if anybody's coming and I can't stay quiet. I'd be the one that was giggling, but this time I was just convinced that I was going to win. So I went down into the area that we weren't really supposed to go in because he was an antiques collector. Mm Mm-hmm. And he had all these antiques and I think they, I can't remember if they were stored in that area or, or what I was eight. And I was in there and all of a sudden in comes this little boy and he's wearing these like wool shorts and a wool jacket and he's got this little hat on. And I'm like, wow, that's a really weird outfit. Cause he looked about my age mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, you know what? That's just my, my. Um, uncle was a little bit eccentric. It's probably somebody that's like role-playing or they're going to do some sort of historical reenactment. So I just like welcomed him and I said, come and sit with me. We'll hide in here. So we were sitting there chatting in our eight-year-old ways and all of a sudden in bursts all my cousins and said, Emma, we found you. And they for one second didn't even look at this little boy. And I looked over at him and he looked back at me and then he just put his finger up to his lips as if to say, shh, Mm -hmm. and just shook his head. And that was the moment when I was eight years old that I realized I could see spirits and nobody else could. Wow. And yeah, (laughs) yeah, a little overwhelming to say the least. I can imagine. I am just trying to currently picture my eight-year-old nephew kind of having this experience and I can only imagine him kind of freaking out. How do you remember how you were able to handle this? Um, I think because for me, it was completely normal. I'd been seeing spirit, I'm sure, my whole entire life. So I just kind of took it on as another one of those weird things. I had a very creative mind and I was always making these stories up in my head. And 
you know, I think too, we just don't even necessarily believe it, right? I think I was sitting there in that space going, oh, okay, this is maybe just in my head, but they're obviously not seeing him. So what is that? Mm-hmm. And from that point on, it was just me exploring how do I interact with these energies? How do I see them? How do I communicate with them? And, you know, it was funny because my mom always told me I had so many imaginary friends. And now I think back on it, they're not imaginary friends. They were my spirit friends. And yeah, (laughs) as you grow up, I think just because of the way that we are and the way that our consciousness works is we push that away because nobody else can relate to it. It's like anything. If you're, you know, you love dancing, but none of your friends love dancing, you'll maybe push that aside because nobody else relates to it. And that was my existence was nobody related to the things that I heard or felt or saw. So I just kind of pushed it down. And to me, that was to my detriment because that's when the anxiety and depression and overwhelm showed up for me. Interesting. Yeah. I have so many questions. I'm just like, okay, which one first? (laughs) So if you had a message for everyone else that has either of these traits or both of these traits, what would that message be? Just be who you are without apology. I am a huge believer in showing up as your authentic self. And my whole entire life, up until I w- I'm trying to think of when it really kind of came to a head, it was after I had my son. Because I knew when I had my son that he was going to have talents and gifts in the same way that I did. I was told before I even knew that he was coming, that that was going to happen. And I thought, you know what, if I don't learn how to get a handle on this, how am I going to teach my son how to get a handle on this? And that's when I truly stepped into my power, when I truly accepted the fact that I could see spirit, I could talk to spirit, I could connect with spirit and it's okay and it's not scary and ever since then my whole entire life has changed and i've become much happier i've become much healthier and i live in joy almost every single day because i just get to show up exactly the way that i am that's incredible yeah so when you see when you say that you see spirit and yeah. this little boy that you described does it look like you know you were to pass another person on the street sometimes it does it really depends on spirit the spirit and their energy and how they can show themselves so it's kind of like do you remember um ghost with patrick swayze and demi moore mm-hmm So in there, it was like, sometimes they had to force their energy because they weren't as strong. And it's the same thing. Sometimes I see spirit and it's in my mind's eye. So I can see them like in my peripheral, but it's not like they're fully embodied. And then other spirits, like today I was walking by the window and I saw somebody standing in the woods enough to take a double look because I actually thought somebody was standing in the woods. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as I realize it's not a physical being, that it's spirit, because that energy feels different, then I know, oh, okay, I was just seeing spirit. 
does it ever get to the point where, you know, it's feels like too much or it feels overwhelming? So when you start doing this kind of work, yes, it feels incredibly overwhelming and it feels like all you want to do is close the door. But as soon as you set up your own boundaries and limitations, it becomes very easy. So at this point, the reason why that spirit was standing in the woods is because I tell them they can't come in my house unless I'm working. Interesting. Yeah. So there's no overwhelm at this point in my life with it. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, I'm glad that boundaries apply to kind of everything. It does. Well, and I tell people all the time, you know, because I do get a lot of questions from clients and just random people on Instagram and and, uh, Facebook about like, there's a spirit in my house. What do I do? And I just tell them, you tell them to get out of there. You have to set your boundaries, just like if it was a physical human being that you didn't want in your house, you tell them to leave and you have to believe it, that you are capable of making them leave. And so do you believe in kind of like saging a room and that stuff? Like what, how does that kind of tie into spirit? Um, Yeah, that's a a part of clearing energy. So I'm a huge believer in that just the same way that people have a shower every day and clean their physical body, Mm -hmm. every single day we need to be clearing our energy because we are energetic beings living on this planet in a physical realm. But every single contact that we have, even with people in this lifetime and this like our friends our family every single time we're having an energy or an interaction with them we're creating energetic ties and bonds and we all know we have that one friend that we just want to unstick ourselves from so we actually have to clear that energy and you can do that with smoke So you can use sage, you can use incense, you can use, you know, I was saying today, um, it's Beltane. Mm -hmm. So it's one of our um, big celebrations. I'm actually supposed to be in Scotland right now. So I'm grieving a little bit. Right. (laughs) Yeah. But today I was talking about using pine needles to actually create that smoke. You can use anything at your doorstep. Cedar, if you're living in North America or even in Europe, is another great energy clearer. Okay. Yeah. And are these all things that you sell on your online shop? Because I'm realizing I did not bring any to my (laughs) house. Yes, I do. I have all sorts of things that you can clear um, energy with. But it's also, you know, we, I'm a huge believer and we use the tools we have. So if you don't have access to those or financially, it's just not the right time to be investing in those tools right now, you can use your energy because we all have, some people call it an aura, some people call it a life force, but we all have this energy within us that we can push out. And it's one of the ways that I like to protect myself the most. And I actually don't even really like to use the word protection, but most people understand that. We have our heartbeat. They have actually proven that you can record it. I think it's something like five feet outside your body because that energy reverberates out into other people's energy. That's wild. 
I know. So we can actually push our energy out, creating this like little protective bubble. And that way we're not allowing anybody else's energy to brush up against us. So you can do that really easily by just sitting very calmly with your feet on the floor and taking three breaths in. And with every breath, you expand your bubble. So you're clearing your energy. That's incredible. Right? <laughs> and so is that, how do you find the best way for people that maybe don't have as much experience in this to kind of get in touch with their aura or their energy? Is that how you would recommend it? Or <laughs> is there another practice that you would say so I'm a huge believer in checking in with your body at least once a day. So you can do that when you wake up in the morning or you can do it when you go to bed at night. It's just really, it, we call it a body scan. You can listen to meditative music while you're doing it. If you actually go on YouTube and type in uh, body scan, there'll be thousands of meditations that will actually take you through the process because our energy is our body. So when we're scanning our body, it's noticing where the tension is. Is there a tension in my forehead? Is there tension in my cheeks or in my jaw? I mean, the one th place where we hold a lot of our tension is in our jaw. And even just with that, when you unclench your jaw, you're starting to realize, oh my gosh, my shoulders are also up around my ears. Can I release my shoulders? And just... Once we start paying attention to those tiny little things about our body, we'll notice when something's off. So it's an incredible practice to check in with yourself every single day, once or twice a day, just to see if you're holding on to any tension anywhere. Duly noted. I'm adding that to my to-do list. <laughs> well, and here's one of the things too. You know, there's a lot of talk about having a daily practice, a lot of talk about, you know, meditation, pulling cards, doing all sorts of things. But I'm a huge believer in finding what works for you and not always taking somebody's personal practice fully, completely on because it may not feel right for you. You know, I do most of my work in the shower in the morning. Really? <laughs> yes clearing my energy, calling in a god or a goddess, because when I started my spiritual journey, I had just had a baby. Mm -hmm. So the only time that I had alone time was in that shower. It made sense for me to do it while I was in the shower. And also that water running down on the crown of your head opens up your chakras. It opens up your energy it's soothing. It's meditative. I mean, when was the last time that you had a shower and you remember putting the shampoo and you remember putting the conditioner on? I leave the shower most times going, did I just use soap? <laughs> <laughs> because you get so caught up in the whole like, oh, this is relaxing. That heat is nice. And you're totally out of your body and out of your mind. Just, I'm just thinking to this one meditative practice that I do sometimes, and it's called, like, I don't think it's technically called this, but 
the way I, that I had read it a couple of years ago, it was phrased as just do the dishes. So yes. it's basically that you just narrate what you're doing. So the example was doing the dishes and it's like, I am picking up this plate. I'm putting the soap on the sponge. I'm putting the sponge with the soap on the plate and just kind of breaking it down super simple. Yeah. And then and afterwards you're just so like, amazing. oh. That's such an amazing practice because it's something you're already doing. So you're already going to be doing the dishes most of the time. You're already going to be in that meditative state. Like how many people do I know that love to do the dishes and stare out the window? <laughs> right? Yeah. And it's so simple. And this is the way that we can start to bring spirituality or a daily practice into our lives. It shouldn't feel like another thing to check off. Mm -hmm. It should feel like breathing. It should feel like joy filled. I'm just pondering all this and that's so good. <laughs> that's such a valid point. And it just, there should be those little moments of gratitude in everything. Yes. And, uh, and so taking that time to also reflect on it, just, I can imagine just how much happier you would be as a person if you just kind of took a moment to take everything like as it is and to use that to kind of reflect well, and being in the moment, being present, you know, that's one of the most repeated things in our household because my son is always like, so what are we going to do later? And we're like, be present, be here right now. Let's not think about the future. Let's just be right here because the only moment that is happening is the moment that's happening right this second. The past is in the past and the future hasn't even happened. So the only thing we can influence is this moment because we don't know what's going to happen. If we make plans for the future, it might come to fruition, but it also might not. We don't know. What I can control is right now. And I know when I'm more present, I'm happier. So would you say that this kind of mentality leads you to be a more spontaneous person? Oh, for sure. Way more easygoing. You kind of just go with the flow. My, my husband, it kind of drives him insane because he's the scheduler. He likes to know when things are going to happen. And I'm just like, whatever, whenever I get to it, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, whenever we need that to show up, it'll show up. And, and, you know, I really found before I was a bit of a control freak before I started doing all of these things, mm -hmm. but having a child makes you realize you don't control anything. So it was a huge release for me that now I don't feel like I need to control every single moment. I totally understand that. Absolutely. How do you see kind of, so that's, a personality trait among other things and yes. how do you see your I don't want to say your work how how do you title yourself um you know how people say you know I'm a mother I'm a this I'm a that do you say what? I'm a seer just like that I do. You know, most people don't understand what a seer is. I used to call myself a medium and in North America, people understand that more, mm -hmm. but my work has completely shifted. So in the beginning, you know, I found it really fascinating to connect to the other side because that was something new for me. But what I'm starting to realize is people get so caught up in what their deceased loved ones are thinking, wanting, feeling, that they're not focusing on themselves. And 
my goal in life is to empower people to make their own decisions, to find their own flow, to find their own rhythm, to find their own path. And when I was doing mediumship, they were always looking for somebody else's approval. And that doesn't create empowerment. That doesn't create, you know, sovereignty. It, it disconnects us from our own reality. Absolutely. And that's so good that you have that realization because thinking of it, that's exactly what it is. You know, someone passes away and the only thing you want is to be close to them. And because you can't have them, you're like, well, now I just want their approval. I just want to know what they would want. Exactly. Or they think I should do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, human nature, we always, I mean, most people I think are people pleasers. We do want to please people. I know I always wanted to please my dad. And then when he was crossed over, I was like, oh my God, what do I do now? I don't have to please my dad. Mm -hmm. But then I realized I lived my whole entire life for somebody else. And in that moment, I was like, wow, what if I actually started living my life for me? And that was the biggest aha moment for me because then I wanted to like share that with everybody because it's like, what if I'm living for me, I'm standing in my power, I'm a medium, I'm a seer, I'm just going to be the crazy witchy woman that I have always been, but now I can actually say it out loud. Mm-hmm. And it was such an awesome moment. I can imagine just the liberation of kind of yeah. that realization. Yeah. Do you believe in past lives? Um, it's an interesting thing. So I trained as a medium in the spiritualist church, which spiritualism is about proving that life exists after death. So it's a bunch of mediums getting together and proving that life exists after death. In that tradition, we don't believe in reincarnation whatsoever. But I'm curious, and I always want to seek out new and exciting things. So I got trained, and then I, I very quickly moved on to other ideologies because I'm not really an organized religion kind of person. Mm -hmm. um, so... Then I started doing my own research and I started listening to my own experiences. And I really get the impression that past lives are our memories of our ancestors. So if we're having a feeling of I've been here before, or we're having a feeling of, oh, this is my past life, it's probably our grandmother's 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 energy flowing through us via our DNA. And wow. full reincarnation is a very rare thing. So, you know, the Dalai Lama definitely reincarnated because he carries all of those memories from his past lives, but he's a very significant being. There is a reason why he was reincarnated because we needed that, right? Mm -hmm. But, you know, the whole idea that there are thousands of people out there that were Cleopatra or there were thousands of people out of out there that were native elders I, you know that stuff kind of drives me insane mm -hmm. because i think once again it's putting our power in somebody else's hands so when somebody says oh i was once cleopatra they're not owning their own power they're giving their power to the idea that they were once cleopatra and i'm not on board with that mm, that's an interesting perspective 
Yeah. I've never, I never even a thought to associate that with kind of your own independence, but it makes total sense. Well, and I think as a spiritual seeker, all of us are really just trying to find our own sovereignty, our own power, our own, you know, truth, really. Mm -hmm. And when we are giving our power to other people in the, you know, one of the things that drives me insane in the mediumship world is, and why I kind of had to step away from it, is people get reliant on mediums. They get reliant on people giving them information. I want to help people tune into their own intuition so they can become their own power. That they're not seeking out other people to find the answers all the time. Because all of our answers are within ourselves. So how would you guide someone to tuning more into their own intuition? You know what? It's so funny. I have this like really simple game I play when I'm driving in the car, but it's one of the most powerful intuitive like games you can actually do. I call it Zen navigation. So (laughs) it's about listening to your gut about the cars in front of you, listening to your gut about what direction you're supposed to go. You know, anybody that's ever driven with me is always like, are you going to use your GPS? And I'm like, no, I don't need it. Cause I kind of sort of know where I'm going and I know I'll eventually get there. And I never get lost ever. And it's because I truly listen to my intuition. I'll maybe look at a map once just to see where I'm headed to. And then all of a sudden I'm there. And it's by listening to the guidance of spirit, listening to myself and trusting me because that's the key. Completely and utterly trusting yourself and trusting your guts is what's going to deepen your intuition. So if you're someone that's filled with self-doubt, yeah, that kind of guy boshes your intuition. It sure does. If you're questioning, I used to be the overthinker. I was that person that was like, Emma, God, when you were in fifth grade, why did you say that to Scott Craig? Why did you like, and I'm talking like I was in my thirties when I was asking myself this, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it wasn't like two weeks later. This was like pretty much like every single day for the rest of my life. I was that consummate, like swirling these thoughts in my head all the time. But I eventually realized that that didn't serve me and that I actually have the power to remove those thoughts. And I actually write about it in my book. It's the most popular chapter in my book. And I wish I had come up with a better name for it, but I call it the shit helmet. So it's this helmet that we put on that keeps all the shit inside our head. (laughs) Right? (laughs) And we choose to put it on. We choose to elect, because we, we, you know, why is it when somebody pays you a compliment, that is out your head five minutes later? But if somebody says something crappy to you, it stays in there forever. So you can choose to keep the good stuff and you can choose to throw away the bad stuff. 
but it takes that power of decision and that power of saying, no, I'm not going to take this anymore. Wow. Yeah. And so is it just kind of those little things that you can do and just kind of fighting against that self-doubt that you can do to start building towards your intuition and building that up? Yeah, exactly. It's about trusting yourself. So, you know, the one little intuitive game that I was talking about, the um, Zen navigation, one of the things that I do that I live on this road and well, just off of this road in Cambridge called Townline Road, and it's pretty busy. Mm-hmm. And there's one spot where people have to turn left and it's like right in the middle of this really busy road. So it's kind of like a bit of a, a like it pushes all the traffic back. But I always go, is that person going to turn left? And I know before they're going to turn left. So I avoid getting caught up in that traffic. And it's like that little muscle, that little muscle that tells me that they're going to turn left. The more that I use that, the more that I listen to that, the more that I trust myself, the stronger my intuition becomes. And you can do, yeah, you can use that with like, traffic lights is the traffic light going to turn green is it going to turn red what's it going to do you can do it with directions do i turn left do i turn right there's so many ways that you can strengthen your intuition do you believe in signs oh one thousand (laughs) percent so how do those two play into each other (laughs) well again it's trusting because most of the time i get people that come in and have a session with me especially if it's mediumship and say i've been seeing this robin on my lawn and it shows up almost every single day is that my dad and i always say to them i'm like do you think it's your dad does it feel like it's your dad? And they go, yeah, it totally feels like my dad. It's like he's having a conversation with me any, every morning. And I'm like, then it's your dad. That, mm. I think it's my dad piece. That's your intuition speaking to you. Okay. Right? So it's the same with like feathers or it's the same with dimes. My dad shows up in dimes and pennies. It's insane how many I have at this point. Um, and we find them in such random places Like when I moved into my office two years ago, there were the only thing that was left in the office when I moved in was nine pennies. Interesting. I know. And pennies aren't around anymore. So how are there nine pennies in there? Huh. And so is this only applicable with certain objects or animals or can it be anything? It It can really be anything. It can, you know... Spirit can play with so many different things. They can play with electronics. They can play with clocks. They can play with music. They can play with, you know, animals because that's all energy. Lights can flicker. Uh, The TV can go on and off. The radio can come on to a specific song that reminds you of whoever it is that's crossed over animals show up for me big time all the time it's mostly because i live in the country but i see them everywhere yeah so you mentioned that animals show up for you because you live in the country do you think that you know they're all signs or because you know some people argue that might just be a coincidence (laughs) um And, you know, I find myself doubting it sometimes because, for example, 
uh, I have always associated ravens with my late father. And, you know, I moved here and I see them constantly. And, yeah. you know, in my head, I'm like, is that him? Is that a coincidence? What does it feel in your gut? Most of the time, I'm just like, oh, there he is. Yeah. And you don't even doubt it. And you need to trust that. You know, I what I say is, if you have crows or ravens in your backyard every single day, then maybe it's not a sign. But if they come in and out of your life, like for me, I have a giant raven tattooed on my arm because they're my connection to the spirit world. And I honor Odin and Freya and they're... Um, one of their symbols is ravens. So for me, I don't see them very often on our property. There's a couple of outliers that come in every once in a while. But what I started doing was I actually started talking to them and seeing if I could get them to either come closer or if I could get them to answer my questions. So I remember this one time, my husband's appendix had to come out but I also had to go and do something at the spiritualist church. And I said to spirit, I said, okay, if I need to take my son, who I think at the time was five years old, if I need to take him with me tonight and not get a babysitter, can you please show me two ravens? So I went to go, or two crows. I went to go to pick up my son from school and there were two crows sitting in the middle of the road. That is not a coincidence. <laughs> Mm -hmm. because you specifically ask for it. So if you are getting to that point where you're questioning it, ask them to interact with you. Ask them to show you a sign in a way or show you a specific sign. You know, I always say, make it really complicated. Say like a pink giraffe and see if it shows up. Okay. Yeah. So just make it super specific. Yeah. Is there guidelines with that? Can it be anything? No, it could be anything. It could be like a fluffy blue dinosaur. It could be absolutely anything. Interesting. I'm trying to think how I can kind of, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because yeah. I find that wouldn't that make you a little less hopeful if you kind of come up with something super specific and then it just doesn't occur? No, because I think they, you know, and here's the thing, spirit, they, they don't have time. So time is a man-made construct. So for us, if we ask for something, it could show up five minutes later, or it could show up like six months later. We don't know. It depends on how they're interacting with us and whether it's really important for us to know that. So we can't get disappointed per se, but we, you know, we can always allow them to show us in our own time. Interesting. Yeah. I had never thought that, you know, they might not have that time construct. They do not at all. It actually drives me crazy. It's why they wake us up at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> do you find that an often an occurrence? Oh yeah. 3.33 or anytime between three and four o'clock is the witching hour as we call it. Um, it's when you're most relaxed. So you're probably in REM sleep. 
you're probably totally out of it. You're probably completely relaxed. And that's when it's easy for them to really connect with our consciousness. So if you're suddenly waking up around that time, it's probably spirit trying to connect with you. Interesting. So, you know, those people that uh, for some reason can't sleep until it's a certain time or at certain times. Yep. That would be, that could be a cause of it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. If you're waking up all the time at the exact same time of day, I would either look up the, the number and they're called angel numbers or spirit numbers and you just Google it. It always has a meaning. Interesting. Yeah. So it's waking you up in the night, all of this. How does your work and I don't want to say your lifestyle because it's who you are. Yep. But how does this affect your life in other ways, in terms of kind of relationships, in terms of friendships, parenting? Well, parenting is way more intuitive. I, you know, I'm not a strict parent by any means, but it's all about trusting your gut and trusting which way you go with things and listening to their emotions as opposed to always listening to their words. You know, Dr. Shivali is a, um, a world-renowned parenting um, expert, and she's huge into the intuitive parent movement. And I absolutely love it because it's more about our children are a reflection of us. Mm-hmm. If our child is overreacting or our child is stressed out, it's more than likely it's because we're stressed out because they're just mirroring back to us what they're seeing. Okay. And it's really shifted the way I think about parenting completely. I can imagine. (laughs) Yeah. Because I look at my child and go, oh my goodness, I obviously need to take a vacation right now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. 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 But I mean, even with anything, I'm a much, I used to be an incredibly stressed out human being. I was a control freak. I was, you know, demanding. And now I'm just the most easygoing, you know, there's some things that rile me up, but most things I'm pretty chill about. And how does it affect your other relationships? So like friendships, um, you know, dating and then getting married. How did that... Well, it's interesting with friendships because I will tell you, I actually have less and less friends, but it's not because of spirit per se. It's because of those boundaries that I'm learning about through my relationship with spirit. You know, if somebody, you know, shows you who they are, now I completely trust it. Previously, if somebody was being a jerk to me, I'd just be like, oh, they're probably just having a bad day. And then they do it again. And I'm like, oh, it's probably just another bad day. And I was very much a people pleaser and I didn't have boundaries. And with spirit, you have to have boundaries. And I've learned that even in my professional, personal life, I need to have those boundaries too. And it's really helped me become stronger in my values, stronger in my beliefs, because I don't really have time for people that just aren't nice anymore. That's fair. We all shouldn't have time for those people. (laughs) Exactly. And how does it affect your business 
and kind of your work and oh you know you have a super interesting work history which i'm sure not everyone <laughs> listening to this will know but how does it play into that well i was a photographer for 23 years i thought that i was gonna die a photographer i had a very successful career as a photographer i left photography at the peak of my career and you know, realizing after I stepped away from that, how I wasn't really happy that again, I was just in a career that was all about people pleasing, all about performing for other people, for giving people everything they needed. And I had nothing left for myself. I was a wedding photographer. So I was away weekends. I was away evenings. Summers don't even get me started. I didn't get to go to a barbecue. I didn't get to go to birthdays. I had zero boundaries in my professional career as a photographer. Mm -hmm. And when I switched over to this, that was the first thing that I set. I only do readings on Tuesdays and Thursdays. <laughs> Yeah. I, my shop hours, when the shop is open, it are very limited. So I'm open Wednesday to Saturday, 11 till six. And it has made me so much happier to be able to live within my own boundaries and not just be giving nonstop to everybody else all the time. Absolutely. And so if you were in your peak with this photography, what yeah. kind of inspired you to make the change? Oh, so many things. I mean, I think it was just, you know, and I said to my clients, because I had had some clients that I had been photographing for probably 15, 20 years. I said to them, I just need to give mediumship a go. I just need to try it to see if I can actually make something of it. At that time, I didn't even know if I was going to be successful at it. Yeah. You know, I had been doing readings, I think at that point for three years, but I didn't know if I could make it a full-time job. So I, I left photography kind of with the idea if it didn't work out, I would come back to it. And I think it was maybe not even three months and I was full-time. Like, oh, wow. yeah, <laughs> it didn't take very long for me to transition into that. And the freedom that it brings, you know, I'm not living by somebody else's schedule. I don't have to be somewhere on a specific weekend. I can close my shop if I want to. My family comes first and foremost. You know, we lost my mother-in-law last November and I was able to close the shop. I was able to stop doing readings. And if I was a wedding photographer, that wouldn't have been an option. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, absolutely. What does your business look like for you now? Do you look like maintaining it how it is and just continuing to build that legacy on it? Or are you looking to expand further? That's a really good question. <laughs> and I've been thinking about that a lot lately because I actually, not that I'm going to blame myself for the pandemic. Yeah. But in November, I said to Spirit, because I talked to them a lot, I said to Spirit, hey, look, I really want to write another book and I really need a break from readings to do that is there any way you could make the store so busy 
that I didn't have to do readings anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. Thanks. And hence we have a pandemic. So I can't do readings in person. I mean, I'm still doing them via um, Zoom, but you know, it's an investment. It's and and right now there's all this uncertainty and people aren't committing to that, which because I asked for it, I'm kind of happy it happened. Yeah. But also, you know, there's that saying, um, what does it, oh, geez, what is it? Be careful what you wish for. Yeah. Because the store is now so busy that I don't have time for anything else. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So that's great. And, you know, I do keep saying that I really want to take the shop to the next level. I want it to become the number one metaphysical shop in Canada. That would be my dream. Yeah. Um, And I still want to do my speaking. I love speaking. I love motivating people. I love lifting people up. I've been helping women in business and men in business too, to inspire them to become their own businesses, to become their own brands, to really go out and live authentically. Cause Mm -hmm. that's the key for me. You know, now in my life, I just show up every day as Emma. I get to have great conversations with people. I get to talk about witchy things. I get to, you know, give people the tools that they need to go down that path. And there is nothing about it that feels like an effort anymore. That's incredible. Yeah. Do you feel like there's a discrepancy in how you appear and who you are? So, you know, I'm sure people coming into the shop kind of have an idea of who you are. Um, And, you know, all these people that you worked with previously, but say you run into someone somewhere random and you get to talking and you end up telling them kind of these talents and abilities that you have. Do you, you find that most people are surprised? Zero. (laughs) Really? Yeah. I, it's really funny because I've always been a little bit, um, artistic because I went to fine art school. I've always been a little more creative. I wear, you know, I'm wearing a t-shirt that, or a sweater that actually says the seer on it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That might give it away. Yeah. (laughs) Um, you know, and I, I, because I'm truly about living authentically, I just show up as who I am. Now, when I was a wedding photographer, completely different. I would wear suits. I would wear, you know, and I really thought I had to have this professional appearance. Now, if you come into the shop, I'm probably wearing cutoff jeans, leggings, a t-shirt. You know, I still have my lip ring from what, 20, 30 years ago. I, you know, I'm never going to shift out of that 28 year old artistic little kid. Yeah. I love that. (laughs) I love it. Um, What is something that you would say is your biggest passion or purpose right now? I think motivating people and teaching people about ritual. That's one of my biggest things. I actually did a talk today. I, I do these woo chats every Wednesday 
And I talked about Beltane, which is one of the bigger fire rituals in my um, belief system. Mm -hmm. And telling people that it can be as simple as creating a little altar that has like the colors from Beltane. And, you know, it's represented by a rabbit or a bee because it's all about fertility and abundance and har like bringing in the harvest and welcoming the light back. Letting people realize that all of this witchy woo magical stuff is for everybody. It's not just for witches, wizards, and, you know, magical people. Yeah. Everybody can bring this into their lives. That is such a good thing to be aware of that, you know, you don't have to have those connections and those abilities to be able to kind of tap into it. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, if we go back 200 years ago, we were living on the land we were connected to the cycle of the seasons. We were connected to the cycle of the moon. We were all in ritual together because there was this rhythm of life. And now we've moved outside of that and we've created these homes and, you know, we can have air conditioning when it's hot and we can have heating when it's cold. We're not so connected to the rhythm of life and on the world anymore. And it's taken our ritual out of our lives. And I think it's really important to have these rituals in our daily lives to bring peace and calm and connectivity to all of us. I agree. I agree, definitely. And I think that these rituals are things that, you know, are things that can really ground you. Yeah. And to help you in those times, you know, emotions can be roller coasters. And I'm just trying to think of, you know, when my therapist draws an ups and downs chart and just kind of keeping those rituals as like a stable line in between. Yeah. I was actually talking to one of my really good friends today and I said to her, I'm like, so how are you doing? And she's like, Emma, I kind of feel a little guilty. I'm not having the roller coaster like everybody else is because I have my ritual practice. And that was a really good reminder that especially in these times, this is when we need to deepen our practice. This is when we need to embody the work that we believe in because this is what's going to help us get through it. Absolutely. And since the day I moved out here, I've been in a pretty strict ritual and routine. Um, and I find that now I'm doing better than I have been in years. Exactly. We all need routine. We all need ritual. It's why it was such an integral part of our lives before. And the modern age has destroyed that ritual. The modern age has like gotten rid of the cycles of the earth. And we really need to head back towards that. And so we spoke earlier about spontaneity. How does that tie in with rituals? Because, you know, you know, if I was to repeat this conversation to someone, they would say, well, didn't you just say it's good to be spontaneous and be present <laughs> in the moment? And now you're telling me that I need to have this strict routine and not strict, but this, this schedule going and that kind of thing. Yep. So I am a huge believer and one of my courses is called Ritual Without Rules. So ritual 
can be whatever works for you. So if you are an everyday practice person and that feels good for you, then do your practice every single day. If it feels better to do it once a week, then do it once a week. I personally have, well, before pre-pandemic, I had mummy Mondays. Mm-hmm. So Mondays were my day to completely invest in me. I would pull cards in the morning. I would, you know, do a meditation. I'd burn some incense, light some candles, and then do whatever I wanted to do that day. And it's changed a little because I'm not getting my alone time anymore. Mm-hmm. But even if you want to do it once a month to begin with, you know, I always say to people, if you're really unsure of what you want to do, look at the moon. We, every single month, we have a full moon and we have a new moon. And it is on every single calendar that was ever put out <laughs> when the full moon and the new moon is. Even that mummy calendar at Costco has it. <laughs> so <laughs> you can look at that and just when it's the full moon, think about what you want to let go of. When it's the new moon, you want to think about what you want to create in your world. And just starting with those simple basics and building on it. It doesn't have to be overwhelming. It doesn't have to be daunting. Sometimes I don't even do a ritual. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So now I'm curious. Yeah. What are your thoughts on astrology? Oh, that's a really good question. (laughs) So I suck at astrology because I, it, to me, I look at it and it's like Greek. There's too many things. There's too many symbols. There's too many, like, it's just way too much. Mm-hmm. I have some friends that are phenomenal at it. I believe in it. I really do. You know, when I track my, I have a little, um, app, I think it, what, what's it called? Oh my gosh. Nebula, I think. I think so because I have that one. (laughs) I think it's Nebula. It's pretty cute, right? Like I love all the graphics even. Yeah. But it's so accurate. Like every single day. And it's so funny because I'm sure you know who Ricky Gervais is. Hmm. A British actor. He did the um, Golden Globe Awards. He's really sarcastic. And Ooh, I'm not a face-to-name person. I'm Googling okay. as we speak. So he's the, he was the British office. Do you remember the, the British version of the office? Richard Gervais? Gervais. Gervais. Ricky Gervais. Ricky Gervais. So anywho, he was on his, because he's got a... a a new show or his second season of his new show came out and he was talking about how astrology, you know, you could read pretty much every single one in the newspaper and it pertained to you. Mm-hmm. That kind of astrology, I don't believe in because you do, if you look at the newspaper astrology, pretty much every single one is going to be around the same message. But yes. when you get really deep into astrology, it blows my mind because it's not actually your mate your is it your star sign see this is where i'm gonna get into trouble because i know nothing about astrology your star sign is like pisces but your um rising sign is actually i believe it's the most important one and that's where all the work is that's where all the cool stuff is so if you don't go deep enough i don't think it really does work but i think if you investigate a little bit more then that's when all the really good information comes out. 
Okay. I'm just pulling mine up right now. I'm trying to see. <laughs> um, yeah. So that web or the app we were talking about is Nebula. And so yep. it's got your sun sign, your moon sign, and your ascendant sign. Yes. So it's really interesting because I love Nebula. I love like the, it's a very pretty app. It's very Even, appealing. Yeah. It is very appealing. I love if you go into the me section and it talks about your polarity yeah, and how much divine feminine and how much divine masculine you are. I'm 50, 50, which I could see. Oh, that's amazing. You have perfect balance. Everybody strives for that. I'm 70% masculine (laughs) and 30% feminine. And that's where I get into trouble Mm -hmm. because divine masculine is all about directness and boldness and like just chasing what you want and feminine is about going with the flow and being vulnerable and being more subtle and i'm just so not good at that (laughs) so one of my friends today posted that a couple years ago and i can't remember when there was the shift in astrology signs and you know they said they changed the dates yeah, no, that's not. You okay. can't change the astrology. I think that actually NASA came out with that. Mm-hmm. It was like they're like everything shifted to the and every yeah. all the astrologers were like, yeah, no, that's you know the stars have been in the sky since time and eternity. Even if there is a bit of a shift, it's not going to make that much of a difference. Okay, on astrology, I was like, I am so not a Libra. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know. You know, I was reading her post just before this and I was like, yeah, no, I, uh, I don't think so. Yeah. Okay. That's very reassuring. I can sleep tonight (laughs) now. So this is my favorite question to ask every guest that I have. What about your story do you think is important for other people to hear? Oh, I have a iron on um, patch on my purse and it says persist. And that is my word. I have learned over a lifetime, my 44 years on this planet, that persistence is the key, that you can't give up, that you just have to keep trying, that if it doesn't work the first time, try it again. And if it doesn't work a, a second time, keep trying until it does. You know, people always ask me why I have had so many successful businesses and it's because I don't give up. I don't back down. If I want to build a website, I am going to figure out how to do it. If I want to increase my Instagram followers, I will figure out how to do it. If I, I am the queen of Google Mm -hmm. and I am the queen of figuring it out. You know, um, oh gosh, what's her name? Cause I like to give credit. Mark Furlow. What's her name? She says, everything is figure outable. <laughs> oh, I love it. And it is. Everything is figure outable. I've, uh, you know, I have gone from not even having enough bus money to get home from a job that was promised to me and having to panhandle on the streets for I think back then it was two dollars to get on the subway in Toronto to feeling so abundant I don't even know what to do with it and that is all because I just persisted I didn't give up I never said 
I'm, I'm failing. I've never said that. I just keep moving forward. And I always tell people it's one step at a time. So important to remember. Yeah. So thank you. Is there anything that you're currently working on or raising awareness for or something that our listeners can support you in? Well, you know, I love supporting small business owners. I actually started a mastermind in January called The Coven. And I have 16 amazing entrepreneurs in there going through that process of recreating their brand or even just branding from the beginning. That's one of my passion projects right now. Mm -hmm. But really, it's like, check out the shop. Like, bring yourself into ritual. Allow yourself to connect to something deeper within yourself, whether that is astrology, whether that is, you know, finding out the goddess that speaks to you, whether it's you know, picking up a couple of crystals that make you feel calmer throughout the day. Mm -hmm. That's really where my focus is right now. Amazing. Well, I know I said this before I even hit record, but thank you so much for taking time to speak to me and to share your wisdom and your perspective and all the good things with the listeners. Oh, well, it was my absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. No problem. So I will include all of your links and how people can get in touch with you and learn more about you in the show notes below. But I hope you have a wonderful evening. Amazing. You too. Bye for now. Bye. Bye.